everybody. Welcome to the Write or Die show. I'm your host, Randy Lee Bosla. On the show, we interview other writers and we talk about mental health from their personal journeys. If you have not already hit that like and subscribe button, go ahead, do that now so that you never miss an episode. Hello. I know I look so different now. I am going with this blonde blonde thing. Let me know if it let me know if it works. Um so today on the show, we are going to be speaking with DC Chase. Hello. Hey Randy, thanks for having me. And where are you visiting us from? Um I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay. Okay. I know where Pennsylvania is. <laughs> I am very geographically in yeah, no, it's not worse than me, I can guarantee you. But yeah, um, same here. People will ask me for directions. I'm like, oh, you don't want my directions. Um, so tell us a little bit about who DC Chase is. Well, um, I'm a writer. Yeah, this is my, DC Chase is my pen name. My first book came out, The Trouble with Marty, came out in August of this year. And the second one, The Trouble with Arthur, is going to be coming out was due to be out this fall, but there were some you know, things that got backed up. So it's going to be out in January of next year. And, um, yeah, I'm excited about it because, you know, being an indie author is very difficult. Obviously it's like starting your own business, perhaps a little bit like doing your own podcast. You're trying to get an audience. You're trying to get people to see what you're doing, um, to have passion about it and, you know, be excited about what it is that you're presenting. So, um, I say I'm a little indie author, but the the story, the, you know, the the novels themselves and the writing um, isn't small. It's just a question of you know, and that leads into the discussion we're going to have about anxiety and stress and those types of things because it's like you know, how much can you keep putting into it? You know, you have so many bad days doing this in terms of oh boy, no one's buying a book, no one's doing this. Should I? Keep? You second guess yourself. A thousand times so that kind of probably leads into you know a little bit of the discussion in terms of what would create stress or anxiety. oh for sure yeah, and we're gonna so, get there but like that's what you do who are you well i mean my real job i work for the government and um you know this is like a side thing i'm trying to get started um i'm somebody who's very introverted who doesn't really talk to too many people um just based off of the way my personality is. So um, I guess you can consider myself, even at my age, I'm still somebody who's shy, but <clears throat> I think it works for me. And I'm, I'm just somebody just like everybody else out there who's got a passion and a dream to do something. And we're trying to find whatever mechanism and whatever ways that we can try to achieve that. You know, at this stage of my life, I'm almost 50. So you get to a point where you're like, we're going to do something It better be soon because you get to the point to where, you know, it's, you get to the age where you're like, I don't, you know, other things start to become more important or you know, more of a focus. And um, yeah. I'm very grateful that I'm, I can do this in my spare time and try to make a go of this. Awesome. Um, so, all right. When did you start writing? Um, well, like I said, I live in Pittsburgh, but at the time, going back to 2006, to work for uh, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, which is who my employer is, um, Harrisburg is actually our state capital, not to be all geographically involved, but so I went there, and I didn't really know anybody, obviously, in the isolation, you know, I was like, oh, this, this is kind of my thing, but 
I st- some of the people I worked with were challenging and it's going to sound strange, but even in a real nine to five job, the bullying and some of the stuff that went on with some, the, some of the people that were supervised. Oh, that is not they, strange. We have definitely yeah. talked about workplace bullying on this show. Oh, yeah. It is a very, very real thing. Oh yeah. And it so kind of is a, you know, a way to relieve stress and anxiety. I started writing in the summer of 2006 and wrote for about four or five years under my own name. Didn't release anything. It was more of like, I wasn't sure how I was ever going to release material at that point. Cause I, okay. I wasn't all into the, I didn't realize all the options available to indie authors, but at any rate, um, that was the genesis of kind of how it all began. And oddly enough, from 2011 to 2020, I really didn't write anything. You know, other things took over. But during COVID, oddly enough, when you're sitting here like most people with nothing to do, I kind of up and, you know, here we are. Okay. Um, So you were talking about, you know, as an indie author, and I am also an indie author, if you didn't know that. There's my books behind me. (laughs) Um, And it's totally true. When you're writing and you're like, oh, nobody's buying or, oh, only one or two people are buying and you're not getting good feedback or, you know, sales haven't been going what you hoped they would be going. It it does get pretty uh, stressful. Yeah, absolutely. So how how do you deal with it? When when have you experienced that? Well, like the past couple of weeks, I've actually gotten a couple reviews. It's taken some some time, but um, newer reviews reviews and it, even stuff like that was a good boost at this point I, I look for any kind of positive reinforcement as a sign to keep going um, but at first yeah it was you know it, it's a struggle it's not easy for somebody like me who tends to give up on things if I don't have some sort of success with it it's been a real challenge to me to find new ways to keep this going and I think that's it is to say okay if this, if, you know, plan A didn't work, okay, well, then what are we going to do next? How else, what else can we try to figure out to make it work? Some other ideas, what are other authors doing? But it's somebody who suffers from anxiety and, and stress like I do. Yeah, it, it definitely, like, I'm in this not to be stressed out, right? I'm in this to have fun. Right, it. because it's fun and you love doing it. Yeah, and then when it leads to, oh, my God, I'm having the same problems I'm having in my day-to-day life why you know what i mean so you kind of got to pick your spot sometimes i've just gotten away from it yeah let it breathe for a little bit and then come back to it and see what we're going to do and um i think that's where i'm at so far okay and um so i definitely have done that right now actually i wouldn't say i'm taking a break from writing definitely not that i'm just letting the next story percolate before like I don't want to push myself to do it right like I just released some stuff this year so it's kind of like breathe for a minute try to push what you've already written because I think that's a question that I know I get asked a lot on shows is well what are you writing next what are you writing next and yes I'm sure we are always writing something next but that's a lot of stress to put on ourselves Mm -hmm. absolutely so how do you deal with that when people are like, Hey, what are you doing next? I wish I was so fortunate where I had people asking me what I was doing next. But, um, <laughs> well, I'm asking now. Yeah. Well, you know, the, where 
the pattern I've been able to work with is to try to do a book a year because usually it takes about six months or so because it's like a full 90,000 word novel. Yeah. Month or so after that to try to review it, do whatever I'm going to do. And then I probably won't try to start to write another book in this series until next spring because to me, the winter's just like, ugh, you know, not, I, I can't get motivated when it's dark out all the time. So I don't, I really haven't spent much time thinking about what the next book's going to be about. To be honest with you, I'm trying to just get this other stuff up and reading an edit for my second book yesterday. So <clears throat> actually getting them published has thrown like a little bit of a curve into like, okay, well, now I need to be doing this now. It's not yeah. all just planning for the next book. So it's <clears throat> it's just sort of something I'm doing on the fly and trying to learn at my own pace and see, you know, what the heck happens here. I think that's another good point, you know, learn at your own pace, because there is a lot of different things, especially when you're an indie author, that goes into writing it. Because um, it's not just the writing, it's the editing, it's the finding the editors, the finding the formatters, or learning how to do those things yourself, which is very time consuming all on its own. Yeah, it is just trying to figure out like when I've had my first book edited, <clears throat> I had like this really unique style. I thought, oh, this would be perfect. You know, it's going to be different and unique. And the editor was like, what the hell are you doing? And so <laughs> I kind of had to. And so when I got the second book back recently, it was much smoother. But I, you kind of got to realize, even though you're, okay, I want to be this independent voice and you know, have it look sleek and like different from other authors. There's certain things that kind of got to be mainstream and you can't just go off on this weird thing because you have one shot for someone to look at the book and if you, you know, they don't like the way it's formatted which is something that i'm still trying trying to figure out how the heck that part works but oh uh, formatting is so much fun yeah i don't need <laughs> luckily i have someone to help me with that they're just like here approve the edit make all you know, make sure all these changes are done make sure that's all done and we'll figure out how to get it on amazon make it you know, so the content fits and there's a weird thing with the covers got to be the right size yeah or how many pages it is i gave them a 300 page manuscript or novel when you look at it, it's like 400 and some pages and it's like my god you know it made it look like i wrote this epic thing but it's not <laughs> it's the way that it's formatted with the pages um yeah. you know it makes it look way more involved than it actually is in terms of content yeah it's funny how that actually happens because it has to be X amount of pages. It has to have, you know, the, these extra things. If you've got a table of contents, then that adds it. Or the, the title page and then the copyright page and all these other little things that sometimes we take for granted. Never would have known that the chapter supposed to start on the right page halfway down. You never, I don't know, I read a lot of books, but it's something I really don't pay attention to. Right, readers don't pay attention to that stuff. It's all the behind the scenes, and it takes a lot of work to do all that stuff. No question about it. It's great to have a little team behind you that can do that stuff, so you can just concentrate on. Okay, let me just get the edit to you. That yes. what I think is going to be with the finished product, and then they can figure out how to actually, you know, make it come alive. Exactly. Um. So when you first started writing, um. Did you suffer with some some anxiety, some depression around that? Oh, for sure. Because, like I said, when I lived in Harrisburg, um, it was kind of isolated from my family. And it's one of those things you don't know what you have till it's not there. 
And so I wasn't really sure what I was doing or how I was going to cope, but the, that kind of stress and that, the anxiety, I I think had been with me for a long time. I think moving to Harrisburg sort of was like where it reemerged, so to speak, you know, it was dormant for so long. I didn't realize it was that big of an issue um, for about 10 years. I thought I was doing, you know, had kind of overcome it to some degree, but moving out brought out like a lot of weird vibes. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm like 16 years old again in some ways. What am I going to do? You know, it was not right. Yeah. Wasn't the best of times. Wasn't the best of times. It wasn't the worst of times. (laughs) Yeah. Quote Dickens. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I I don't know if that's exactly how I'm, but it's something close. Um, so how did you deal with, Oh, excuse me. How did you deal with that? <laughs> well, not to be funny, I, I, I drank a lot, but that's not something that I would um, encourage people to do. You know, even at that time, we're talking about 2006, 2007, just to tell someone that you were speaking to a therapist or you were involved with something like that, um, you know, at least where I was, or at least with the situation I was in, wasn't something that like you ran across and shouted. You know, certainly being on a podcast talking about that you had these issues, it was almost like they're, okay, you're talking about there's something wrong with you. You have some defect and you should go over there somewhere and sit for a while. So um, I was able to do that. My employer did have like a mental health thing. So it it started there with talking to a, um, a therapist. And it's weird. I was watching one of your other shows and there was a woman talking about how she was prescribed medication and the horrors that that gave to her and I'm thinking yeah I mean sometimes these pills that these doctors give you are 10 times worse than the problem you have to begin with while you're taking them so yeah you have to you have to be careful because I mean I'm definitely I'm definitely pro medication because I take mine every day and it does help but you also have to be careful because it doesn't work for everybody right and it doesn't always need to be a long-term solution. And there's so many different ones out there. You do have to do your research and be careful because I'm I'm pro whatever works for you. And medication works for me along with therapy and all this other stuff, but it does not work for everybody. Right. Absolutely. It's, I think you kind of got to figure out, like I've been, I see a therapist about once a month, do like a thing like this online. And it gets a lot of stuff off my chest and I find that it helps. You know, it's like you get to like here and then by the time you're done talking, you're back down to here and you're calm again. And then it yeah. just sort of like fluctuates throughout the month. But um, some of the things, that, like I said, most of my issues are just self-inflicted because I tend to like overthink things and I worry about things. And I can't prove this scientifically. Obviously, I'm not a doctor, but I think there's something to do with the creative part of your mind it's like opening up a Pandora's box to whereas once you allow that stuff in, some of this negative stuff can come in too. I, I, I think there's something to it because you see some of the artists, musicians, writers, actors, actually, that, you know, I don't want to say they all suffer from it, but obviously not. But you see that's kind of like a prevalent thing. Um, yes. And sometimes I, not to say I'm obviously not in that category, so to speak, but to me, there is something when you allow that creative thing to come in or that you're blessed to have it. I don't know necessarily if it comes in, but if you're able to access it, I do think there's a price that you can pay if you're not careful 
and, and, and don't harness it correctly. It's it's weird. I know that sounds strange, but it, it is. No, I think I get where you're going with it. It can, imagination can kind of go awry in yeah, a sense. absolutely. <laughs> right? Absolutely. As, especially I know when my depression likes to, uh, likes to yell at me, it's, you know, it is very creative, the things it comes up with for telling me that I am or that I should do or whatever. And uh, yeah, we have to be careful that, especially if you're writing a book with certain, like depending on your characters, right? A lot of times um, for writing a book about with a character that has say depression or has, or is really mean or something like that, it can take a toll on yourself. Just like um, kind of like, method actors right and you take on the persona of your actual character that's what it is that's what it's like when you're writing you actually take on this persona of your characters as you're writing like there's so many times i've talked to a writer and they say you know the character wrote itself you know i i just put the words on the paper but the story wrote itself and that's you know it's taking its toll on you so you do need to talk to somebody and, and get it out if that's required yeah, absolutely. I, I never even thought of it in that terms, but yeah, you're right. Sometimes your character will, I don't want to say like adapt your personality or you adapt your personality to that, but it's, yeah, it's, it's weird. Just the overall feeling you're, you have in where you're at mentally when you, when I'm writing a story and when I'm involved in the process and the day-to-day thing is to like this time of year where I'm not writing. Like I, yeah. I I'm more anxious now. I probably have more anxiety now because instead of thinking good things about the book, I'm like, oh boy, what if this, you know, what if this happens? What if this, you know? So it's, yeah, it's, you take it for what it is and try to do the best you can with it. Exactly. I like that. You just do the best that you can. I always like to say you do the best that you can with the information that you have at the time. Yeah, that's good advice for sure. It's one of my favorite favorite things to say and to remember. Um, Okay, so I I like that you kind of take that that you know yourself well enough to know that you need to take kind of of a winter break. Because winter is often a much harder time for people that are struggling. No question about no question about that sun being gone is it's it's hard. In fact, I just keep thinking about a trip to Cuba. That's, you know, <laughs> at that time, that time of year is coming up. It's never long enough, but I look forward to it. Yeah, it's living here in Pittsburgh. Last year, we were lucky we didn't get much snow, but it was pretty cold. And yeah, it's, there is some weird cycle, whatever it is with the sun that you kind of rejuvenates you. I think it's definitely true. Yeah. yeah it's more, way more of a hermit this time of year. Definitely. So what do you do during this time of year to, to combat it? Um, you know what, I, oddly enough, uh, I, I would recommend to anybody just in general that struggles with, you know, nerves and anxiety and stuff, try to exercise, even if you do what I do, which is like a 10 or 15 minute walk, you try to do that every day. Yeah. Yoga is a great thing because it helps control your breathing and, um, just makes you feel better. Or I was talking to somebody about this on the phone the other day too, like you know, they took up painting because they're stressed out or find Mm. something that maybe it's not writing but you maybe like to paint or maybe you get into reading a good book or 
whatever it is, whatever I would, any kind of outlet, whatever that can be for you to make it work. Um, I, I think is great. Personally, I sit here and listen to music probably like every night. I love listening <laughs> like Pandora. Yes. I, I've done that since I've been like six years old. I can't explain why, but it just puts me in this world when I'm just, I'm not worried about work or I'm not worried about anything. I'm just like, well, like floating through space and music is a wonderful thing. I can't describe it, but it's, it might sound strange, but yeah, it's, I love it because it just calms me down. I don't think it sounds strange. I definitely do the same thing. Music, if I'm kind of in a mood, it can get me going again. Like, And it really depends on what, what music you're listening to. And everybody has a different preference. Yeah. Some, somebody my age, at least, in their you know, mid to late 40s at this stage of my life, grunge music was a big thing when I was a kid. I shouldn't say kid when I was in high school. And um, it's so weird because that music lent itself to depression and to anxiety. You know, listen to some Alice in Chains song from songs from like the early 90s. And it's like, there's not a lot of happiness there. Right, exactly. You know, it's, it's weird where it takes you. But I, I, I remember a lot of those guys would say that Neil Young was like, they all really worshipped him and stuff. And it was a musician. They called him the godfather of grunge. Well, for people huh. listening to this, I'm kind of like the godfather of anxiety and stress because I've seen, I, you know, and, and hopefully people watching this or listening to it will kind of get that and say, boy, if this guy can do it, it sounds like such a cliche, but um, if this guy's managed to keep it together, you know, it, it's hopefully it motivates other people and, and keeps, you know, allows other people to try to overcome the issues that they're dealing with as well. And that is entirely why we do the show <laughs> absolutely because even if it just helps one person i think that it has been a successful episode yeah and you never know where you catch people in their lives and day or what they're thinking or doing when they see something how it's going to affect them so um, exactly being a book or anything else just weird like any it's almost like sometimes you look for a sign right and, and sometimes you find them in weird places and this guy yeah. with his weird beard and the, the Steeler hat and all this stuff. I, 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 you know, and I've gotten to the point in my mind too, where you know, I don't know if I'm going to be this best-selling author and do all this stuff, but hopefully that I can be somebody who can motivate that next generation or whomever to say, you know, this guy's the real deal and, um, and use that, like I said, to, to motivate themselves and to, um, you know, take maybe take a look to see how I've done it or what I'm doing writing wise, but you know, to get themselves going as well. Yeah. Like I said, if when you're whether it's a podcast or a writer or a, a director or whatever, I feel like as long as you have helped or or made one person feel excited to either read the book or write, to me that's success. Yeah, it absolutely is because it's like that. What, what's I can't think of what they call it. There's like a term for it, but like you know, you help someone, like you just pass it forward or play it forward or whatever. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So no, that maybe they'll do it and they see it and they're helped by it, so they pass it on to somebody else, and it just keeps going. And yeah, um, yeah so one person at a time, you might not think oh, it's just one, but what that person does and carries forward with it 
you know, it, it can, it's something that can keep going and yeah, it, it can reap benefits for a lot of people. Well, that's just it. You never know what that one person is going to do. I I can't remember who it was that I was interviewing. There's been so many. I'm so bad with names. But um, I remember I was talking to somebody and it, w- it wasn't that long ago, probably last month. Or wish I could remember. Anyways, just go and rewatch all the episodes, guys, and then, then you'll figure it out. <laughs> so I was talking to one of the guests and he said that he was about to kill himself and his friend's dad called him and I'm just paraphrasing here because I can't remember the exact quote but he had said something like um is it broken or something like that or or, no something about turning the wrench can the wrench still turn or something because he was a mechanic and uh that one phrase stuck with this person for so long and then now he is inspiring others through um his books and things so you know one thing that you say to somebody you you never know what it's going to be but that one thing can then have that ripple effect to impact others absolutely yeah no there's no question about it and i've seen it in other ways in my life that have nothing to do with books but you know you say an encouraging word to somebody uh goes a long way Exactly. All it takes is one one thing to say to somebody and you could turn their whole life around, really. Um, you might think it's completely just an in-passing, oh, I just said some random thing to this person. But it can mean a world of difference. Even, even a complete stranger. Just saying hi and being nice to somebody sometimes is all they need in that moment. Yeah, like the, the old saying used to be, being, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it doesn't cost anything. Being nice doesn't cost anything, you know? Right, exactly. Or smile because, you, I can't remember what the other one was, your face may freeze or some weird thing, you know, just try to be pleasant. It, it doesn't cost you anything and it's, yeah, that, that type of stuff and momentum in life is so fleeting and you never know where it's going to stop and start, at least in my life. And exactly. Yeah, it, it can come from anywhere. And it sounds so cliche and so like, uh, okay, but it's a hundred percent true. And that's what makes it so important to, to remember. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any question about that. And, and I think the other thing is, is there's so many examples in my life where I, I see that it's true, but then for some reason I drift away from it. And then you keep coming back. It's like that yoga thing I talked about. It's like, oh, you know, what's this going to do? And then I feel much better. And then I get away from it because I'm like, okay, I'm okay. And then damn right? it, I'm not the same spot I am. <clears throat> I was to begin with. And I'm like, well, what changed? Well, you're not doing that thing anymore. You don't have that positive reinforcement. And, um, yep. you know, you start to drift again. So it's definitely evidence of that all around you. Exactly. Yes. Um, so what would you say to somebody who is struggling right now uh, with some anxiety? The first thing I'm going to do is close his blind for a second. Really <laughs> it's very bright. It's blinding me. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the two hours of sun we get here a week, so I apologize for that. But, um, somebody that I, somebody who's struggling with it, um, I think we talked a lot about you know, stuff like that. You know, try yoga, exercise, find your own little routine something positive that keeps you feeling good about what, what you're doing, that something positive to look forward to. 
I think there's also um, this weird thing that goes on, at least you see it a lot online, where if people fail at something, you know, it's just like become this major depression. My girlfriend's son's in his mid-20s, and he, um, yeah, he's pretty well adjusted now, but when he was in high school, I mean, that's all, you know, he had a bad day. It was like, well, the world's over. What do we do? And I think it's important for, especially I think younger people to say, hey, you know what? There's a weird saying that you always used to hear, well, oh, failure is not an option. And I, I think that gives people the wrong idea because when you think about it, when you do something, especially when it's new, failure is probably the most likely thing to happen. And yes. I, I, some of the most important lessons in your life is if you're failing at something, which I think will lead to these anxieties and feeling of less than, and oh my God, it gets depressed, makes you feel depressed, but I think you learn so much when you fail and when, when you're struggling to how to come up with different ways to, you know, I think you can look a lot of people in society. I guarantee you they didn't succeed the first time, you know, plug in whatever actor or musician or whoever you yeah. want to throw in. I guarantee you there's, they didn't succeed right out of the box. And yeah, there's a saying. Yeah. You only fail if you stop trying. Don't ask me who said it, some famous person sometime. But I think it's really important if you're going to say failure is not an option, then to remember that failure only occurs if you stop trying because you're going to mess up. You're not going to do it, do whatever it is you're trying to do or learn 100% of the time, correct 100% of the time. You're going to make mistakes. Right. You're going to mess up. Uh, yeah. I mean, in your, in, at least in my life, you're going to mess up way more than you're going to have success. But I, I think to me, that's just a big lesson overall. And I think yeah. that will, you know, just people that have general feelings of, you know, what makes them depressed or how they get this way, you know, maybe they're not having success with something as what brought it all on in the first place. So I think that's a, a really good lesson to, to keep in mind for people that are struggling with, it. and if it's that bad, definitely seek, you know, a therapist, seek a professional. If those other things don't work, and don't let it get to the point where it just overtakes your life. Yeah. You know, that's when you start to get into a dark area. But there's, and today, you know, what's weird, especially, it's so weird how things have changed. Like when I was in high school, that was not, like I said, that wasn't something you would, oh, yeah, I'm going to go see my therapist. It's not something you would tell your friends if I had friends. But yeah. these days, you can go online. There's this teledoc, telebis. You know, there's so many right? Thing. Yeah, it's not like this little stigma thing in the background where you have to go hunt somebody down. There's so many avenues that are open for people who you, who need help. And it's the mental health stuff, to me, I mean, you see so many things about people's physical health. To me, yeah. mental health is mental health is just as important, if not more, in my opinion, because it will break your physical health down. And it yeah. will lead to problems that you're not even associating with you know, why is X, Y, and Z happening? Um, mm -hmm. Maybe because your mental health is so bad that, that your physical health is starting to be affected. So to me, I'd encourage anyone, if, if you're if those like little tips and things don't, you know, aren't quite getting it to where you need to be, definitely don't be afraid to reach out to somebody who does that for a living. Cause there's a lot of good people out there who can help, who can you know, help you sort through stuff. And at least in my life, I found that things are never as bad as I think they are, or they're going to be. And things are just never as good as I think that, you know, it's like, Oh, so it's, I'm kind of just stay in the middle. 
you know, and, yeah. and I think that will, that helps. But yeah, if it's that bad, definitely reach out to a professional and, and, and have them help you. Excellent. I like that. I really like that you were talking about the failure thing, because as much as we've had a ton of, of episodes, and I'm sure that's come up, um, it doesn't come up as often as it should. Mm-hmm. That's why I love talking to different people because everybody's got a different opinion. It's so great. Um, so now let's let's talk about your books. I know we've already been talking about them a little bit here and there, but remind us again what what are they called? Uh, where do we find them? What are they about? Give, give us the overview. Um, the trouble with Marty, with the, the series, the the overall series that the books are, you know, that is a series of novels is called the Hot to Trot series. So it's kind of like this. Um, like the second book I'm releasing now, I, I compared it to, if you look at the blurb of it, when it comes out, it's, it's like the movie American Pie mixed with the James Patterson novel. You know, you get like a lot of sexual tension, some good stuff with that. Nothing like over the top. It's not an erotica book, but a, a lot of suspense and like a lot of good plot twists. The first book I described, it was like, you know, the movie Fletch meets a James Patterson novel. It's, you know, all these weird, funny things with the narrator. Um, you laugh, it's like, it's, it's a murder mystery. It's suspenseful, but it's still funny, you know, which is an odd combination. And, um, those books, the first ones available on Amazon, you know, like probably most others, uh, everyone else's books probably are on there. Um, the second one, like I said, the trouble with Arthur is going to be out in January, I believe January 12th. And it's, you know, they're light reads meant to you know, make you laugh meant to like you know take your mind off of stuff but it's still there's still really good mysteries and i think they're different i mean you find your own little niche in, in, in who you are as a writer and um we haven't had many reviews like i said but the ones i've had have been like the people that are reading it or it's like i wrote the reviews for them they're getting it they're they're thinking what i wanted people to get out of it is what they're getting out of it so that's that's a good feeling that and, is you know, it's just something different. Uh, you know, you can social media stuff is at DC Chase Novels. You can find me there on Twitter and Instagram and a little bit of Facebook. Yeah, uh, if you want to find out more, and it's you know, it, and that's another thing. Talk about leading a depression. Oh boy, what if I finally get a review, and what if it's a two star? You know, it's like, <laughs> well, what it's I just, always what I always try to remember there. is every book has an audience, but you're the people who are reading and picking it up might not be the audience that you want. So those lower star reviews, they're, pro- they're probably honest, mm-hmm. but Absolutely. the book, the book just wasn't designed for them. Right. And oh, that's yeah. okay. That is so okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's, I just think like with anything else doing the books or doing whatever you're doing, if you're not having fun with it anymore, it becomes more of a job and, Maybe it's time to take a break or do something else because that's that's the whole purpose of the show is trying to avoid those moments and avoid having those feelings. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. the things you enjoy doing or having a lot of fun with them, part of the allure of doing it is being able to walk away from it and then come back. And um, like I said, I went nine years in between writing anything. So sometimes if things are meant to be in an odd way or however it manifests itself, it, again, that's something that's like, it sounds like a cliche, but it, it's at least in my life, it's true. If it's meant to be there, it's meant to be. 
I totally agree. I love that. Um, so any last words before we say goodbye? Um, no, I think we, you know, we covered the books and we covered, you know, a lot of what goes into those books and you know, the feelings that come up, um, that may be book related or author related being stressed out or just in general in your life. So I think this could reach a lot of people, whether you're a writer or not, or you're just you know, someone who's suffering in general from different things. But like I said, I was 30 years old sitting at a computer thinking, oh, let's try writing. You know, never I, I really had never tried that before. So if somebody's in that position, you know, maybe you find that something you want to get into or any kind of creative outlet, you know, don't, don't think it's something that has to be, that's the thing that I did when I was a kid, when I was in high school, I was so isolated. I, I should have just dropped out when I was like 60. The mistake I made was keep, I kept going. Um, yeah. School is not for everyone. No. And I, I think that's the thing. I carried those feelings of not being good enough or less than forever. And I'm in my late 40s, and I still deal with that to a degree. So I, younger kids, whatever age these people are who are listening to it, even if whatever they, the age they are, don't make the assumption of that you have forever to do something. Time goes by real fast. Oh, yeah. And um, so if you're passionate about something, don't let previous failings or things that have gone wrong stop you from pursuing what you want in life. Don't be afraid. We talked about don't be afraid to fail, swing it, and go for it, see what happens. And um, that's just one of the, I think, the most overall message I can give people. Just, you know, be happy and pursue what you want and, and don't just say, oh, I'll have later in my life to do it. But you'd be surprised how life just takes turns and twists and just you might not yeah. have the opportunity anymore. So, yeah, just, you know, keep trying to find a way to move forward. Like I said, be happy and do not let especially other people dictate to you whether you're successful in terms of, Oh, you know, you're stupid or you're this, or you're less than, or you're a high school dropout or whatever. Don't let that. They're just words. Don't let yeah. that stuff stop you and, and, and move forward. And I, I think you'll be much happier. I wish, I wish to God I'd have done that when I was younger, you know, but I, I'm, I'm grateful that I found some, you know, ways to get over that. And I'm not that scared person I was, but boy, I gave up so many good years just feeling inadequate because I wasn't, you know, whatever in high school or in college when I got into college. So it's, uh, I hope it, I hope people listening to this, I hope it motivates them to, you know, feel better about themselves and their situation and, and, and get them to, you know, be a better person and, and you know, move on and have a, have a good life. I love that. That is amazing. So thank you so much for waking up early and joining us. <laughs> for having me. As always, thank you so much for the amazing guests that we have on the show. Um, be sure to check out their links down in the description below. If you want to support the channel, go ahead and check out our merch store. We've got some very cool things on there. That's my favorite. Sorry, I'm busy ending the stigma. Um, but there's some other very cool designs. 10% of the proceeds always goes back to the Canadian Mental Health Association. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at RB Media because we have some great new shows coming up and you never want to miss any of those episodes. And remember, the only way to end the stigma of mental health is to speak openly and honestly. Bye!